Good morning. Yes, good morning. How are you this morning? All right, lots of good sleep last night. I am doing well. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I actually, if you guys want to turn your Bibles, we're going to look at Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Um, we're on a roll. We're on a roll. We're, this is the weekly lesson again um, for this week. I asked Pastor Billy if I could preach on Thursday. I really felt like um, I just wanted to follow up. You know, you get on a roll with all the weekly lessons. You don't want to stop. And so this week we're going to follow up. I know, they happen, they happen every week. If you keep your paper, they happen every week. Um, we're going to take a look uh, at Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. The full uh, weekly lesson is actually um, Hebrews, the last part of Hebrews 11, 17 through 31, and then 12, 1 through 3. But last week we were a little bit overachieving, and we talked about 17 through 21. So this week we're, we're just going to um, hop right back into this. So if you guys want to follow along, we're going to read this real quick. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses... Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame, and he sat down at the right hand of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Amen. This is a really powerful set of verses. And about four or five years ago, for about two or three years, this is one set of verses that I read all the time. You ever get, get in that kind of place where God just has something for you in a certain set of verses and, and he's really trying to teach you something and walk you through something? This was one of those times in my life where I think I read this just about every day, at least every other day, for probably a solid two or three years. And so God really began to do a work in my heart in this, so much so that, you know, we grew up, and I'm sure most of you have grown up, if you've grown up here, you grew up with a life verse, you know, like you pick a life verse, and I was thinking about changing it to this, but then I realized, doesn't that defeat the point of a life verse? If you, if you change it halfway through and you change it again, it really kind of defeats it. So I left it, and um, I thought, oh, you don't have to have a life, it doesn't have to always be your life verse to be that important to you. Um, but in these sets of verses, I found a place in my life, and, and this morning I, I want to challenge you to kind of find a place in your life, for like we talked about last week, how do we walk in faith? How do we walk and how do we run this race that's set before us? This race that Paul talks about here that is marked out for us in such a way that we know exactly where we're supposed to go and step by step and step by step and there's direction arrows. And Anybody ever been running on a trail? A lot of times they have direction arrows. Yeah. I see you, Nate. Nate's like, yeah, I run on a trail. A couple of you guys. Have you ever run on those trails and they've got multiple um, arrows, like different colors? Yep. And you're on like the easy color, like yellow. And then you accidentally take a turn and you realize I'm on the black trail. But you don't realize it until like you're a quarter mile in and then you're just stuck, right? Well, it's <laughs> not how it works with Jesus. Jesus actually points it out really well. It tells us that the race is marked out before us. But the question is, how do we do it? How do we run this race? Paul, I can imagine, it, I have this picture of Paul kind of running around all the different cities, maybe when you know, he was stopping at different cities going running, because he talks about running quite often. It, it's one of his big illustrations. Actually, if you want to flip back um, to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, back a few books, 
1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, it says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body, and I make it slave so that after I have preached to others, my, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. This is something that Paul talked about often, running this race. And, and in, and in 1 Corinthians, he talks about preparing your body, getting ready to do that so that you're not disqualified. There, it says, everyone who runs the race goes in strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. First thing, first and foremost, when we begin this race, when we're talking about our everyday life and running this race for God, the first thing we have to realize is what we're running for. What are we on the track for? What are we on this race for? What, what, what's marked out for us? And that is God. That is eternity with him. In, the, in chapter 11, we talked about the, uh, the, the heroes of the faith, those, those guys and girls that were listed there. They said they admitted to themselves, and they reminded themselves that they weren't from here, that they were strangers and they were aliens, but their reward was in heaven. They had fixed their eyes on that. Here in, in Hebrews 12, it says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. If we want to run this race and we want to run it well, the first thing that we have to understand is what we're running it for, who we're running it for. It's not for ourselves. If we run a race for ourselves, you will quit. If you just want to get out there and start running and you want to do this, you will quit if you don't have a goal in mind. If there's not a, a something that you're striving for, if there's not something you're moving towards, you will quit. And here Paul reminds us, that it's about our earthly reward. It's about fixing our eyes on Jesus. And if we don't start there, you might as well not start. The second thing that Paul really talks about is getting ready and being prepared to run the race. It says he, he beat his body. You know, can you imagine Paul again running around and just beating himself, getting ready for I don't think he probably did that. But it says that he, that he got ready, that he prepared for the race. That, that he prepared his body and he trained his body so that he would be ready. I think often, you know, we can fix our eyes on Jesus, but it's the preparing for the race that becomes hard. You know, if you just run and, and all you do is ever run the race, but you don't train to run the race, you don't train uh, and, and condition your body to run the race, you won't get better. You won't be able to run the race as far. You actually will wear your body out. Running wears your body down. Training builds your body up. And so in that First Corinthians passage, he talks about that oh, I train my body to run the race. What does that mean for us? That means that we train by getting alone with Jesus, by spending time with him, by, by communicating with him, by communing with him, by worshiping him, by praying to him, by letting him begin to teach and train our bodies, our minds, our hearts, our souls, and conditioning it for the race that he has set out before us. If we don't get with him, we'll run the race and it won't be the full race. You will stop short. You will fall short. You will wear out. 
And if you're on that race and you find yourself wearing out, that's the Lord speaking to you. Say, you need to stop and come be with me. That's how we train our bodies. That's how we train our lives, our souls, our minds. We let the Lord begin to do its work, his work in our life so that we can run the race. Right after right after the, the end of the first verse, it says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. The next part of getting ready for this race and running this race is it says we have to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Don't miss it. This is two separate things. One's pretty obvious, sin, the sin that so easily entangles us. There's things in our life that are holding us back, that are, that are entangling us, that are trapping us, that are keeping us chained and, and keeping us from drawing close to the Lord and keeping us from running the race. We, we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks. That's where we need to ask for forgiveness before the Lord, knowing that he is faithful and just to cleanse and forgive us and, and to completely forgive us of all of our sins, that we confess one another so that we may be healed. But it also says that we must throw off everything that hinders. You know, Paul is real famous in, in using words that just encompass everything. Throw off everything that hinders. For me, that is a pretty bold statement because there's lots of things in my life that are actually pretty good things that aren't bad things at least that hinder me from doing the very best that God has called me to do. And Paul is saying here, that you got to be purposeful to then be willing to throw off everything. Everything. That, that, when you talk about fixing your eyes on Jesus, it means a steady gaze and nothing else matters. So anything that might be in the way, might be hindering you from drawing close to him, from running the race that he's called you to run, he's saying here, you need to get rid of it. It could be just about anything. It could be that I'm staying in this job because it's easy and, and you know, I can just stay here and, and, and do everything I need to do and provide for my family, but God has been calling me into something else, but I'm, I need to throw off the security of this. Jobs aren't bad. The security of a job, not bad, but it's bad if God's calling you to move somewhere else. What are the things in your day-to-day life that might be consuming your time? That's a biggie for me. What consumes my time? Is it my phone? Is it my TV? Is it, you know, whatever it might be that consumes more time than, it does, than, I, than I spend with the Lord? What are the things in your life that are hindering you? Are you willing to train your body and let those things go that all you do and all you're willing to do and all you're focused on doing is running the race that the Lord has set out before you? There are lots of things, I think, that hinder us, probably more so than most sins. Sins are more obvious often, but hindrances sometimes are in a blind spot. And so the next part for me is, is one of the most important parts about all of this, is who you're running the race with. If you notice here, Paul says us very often. Let us run the race. Let us throw off everything that hinders. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. You know, I remember when Pastor Mike, if, if you don't know who Pastor Mike was, he was on staff here, and he was on staff at our school, and he used to um, coach the cross-country team. For me, I always thought running was an individual sport. Nobody ever really wanted to run with me. I know that. But I got some issues that I'm still dealing with. But I would hear Pastor Mike talk about running cross-country and, and training the team for cross-country. and had a great team. And they won all the time. And he often talked about how you run as a team together. 
that you push and that you pull and that you come alongside and you do that. Uh, my daughter is beginning to run cross country. She's going into middle school and she's running the cross country team. And she went um, just the other day, she went to cross country practice and I asked her how it went. And um, she said, oh, it was good. Um, well, one day it wasn't good. She ran into a pole and she, was, she wasn't looking. She's not in here, right? Okay. Can we not tell her that we're talking about this? Okay. But she said, I said, one of the reasons she wanted to cross country is because a lot of her friends that are going into middle school were doing it. You know, middle school is a kind of a touchy time, a hard time. And I was like, if you want to run this because your friends are doing it, great. I said, how are your friends doing? She goes, well, two of my friends, they just walked the whole entire race. They just walked and they talked and they were on their phones. That's a whole, I, that's a whole, nother, a whole nother thing. And, and as she was telling me this, you know, my first question is like, what did you do? Did you stop and did you talk and did you? She said, well, you know, I ran and then I would talk some and then I ran. I was very proud of her. You know, because peer pressure is, peer pressure is tough. But in our life, peer pressure is actually supposed to be something that draws us closer to the Lord, right? That's how we're called to run the race is together. We're all running the race. We all actually have a little bit of different races, sometimes different turns, different, you know. But in general, we're called to run this race together. And so who are you running the race with? Who are you coming alongside? Who are you pushing alongside? Are you letting other people push you up and down that track, up those hills and around the corners? Are you running the race with people that are calling you closer to God, that are pushing you to run harder, pushing you to train harder? Or are you walking beside somebody just having a chat? Because you can run the race. Paul in, in, chat, in chapter 19 says everybody runs the race. There's no getting out of the race. The race is as soon as you wake up in the morning. There's a little break at night. For some of you, you know, it's four hours and eight hours, however much sleep you might get. But when you wake up, the race is on. Who are you running the race with? Are you running the race with people that say, hey, you want to just kind of walk over here? We're just going to check out my phone, look at the TikTok and all that good stuff. Are you running next to people that are pushing you closer to him? Are you one of those runners that are pushing those around you? Because sometimes in this race, we are weary, we are tired, we are struggling, and we need somebody to push us or pull us up that hill, to tell us it's going to be okay, to tell us that we can persevere. It says, run the race marked out before you, and one of the references here is actually over back a couple of chapters. It says that we need to be, we need to have perseverance. If you look, it's, it's Hebrews chapter 10. This is Paul. It says, you need to persevere so that when you are done, when you've done the will of God, you will receive what is promised. There's times that you are going to have to persevere. There are times you're going to wake up and you're going to feel like running. You're going to just feel like going. You're going to feel like, I'm going to do whatever it is the Lord asked me to do today, and I am ready to do what he's called me to do. And then there's going to be other days you're going to wake up, and you're like, I don't want to do anything. I know what I'm supposed to do. I know what, the marks that are set out for me for today, and I'm not ready. I'm not willing. And we have to persevere. But we're called to persevere with each other. So my question is, who are you persevering with? Who are you coming alongside? Who is coming alongside of you? Who are you letting push you? We've been talking about that a lot the last couple of weeks. And, and, and the reason we talk about it a lot is because it's how God has designed us. It's how he's designed this world to work. He's how he designed the Christian life to work is that we do it in community, including 
persevering. The last thing that I want to remind us of as, as we run this race, we, we talked a little bit about it at the beginning, we have to have a goal in mind, and that is Jesus. That we do everything as we do it unto the Lord, that our goal is eternal life, and that's where we receive our reward. But we must fix our eyes. This last part says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of the faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and not lose heart. In those moments where we struggle on those days to run the race and, and we struggle to push through and we struggle to persevere, if we start with the goal of Jesus, the author and perfecter, and we fix our eyes on him, what should happen is we begin to remember what he did for us. It says, for the joy set before him endured the cross scorning its shame and set down at the right hand of God the Father. Consider him when we're running the race, it says. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you won't get tired. The joy set before him was yours and mine salvation. He was willing to endure everything for you and for me. My question is, are we willing to endure everything for those who are around us? Are we willing to endure the hardships and the perseverance and, and the hard times so that we may be the light of Christ each and every day? I believe Paul dwelled on this. I shared last week, you know, he wrote in Romans that I would give up my relationship with Christ for those who are around me, that they might know him, for their salvation. His heart was in this place, and, and I'm willing to bet it's because he remembered what Christ did for him on the cross. That that was one of his main focuses, what Christ did on the cross for him. That I may preach Christ and Christ crucified. He said if he never preached anything else, that's what it would be. So I want to encourage you. As you walk through these times, as you walk through this life and, and, and you're called into this race, that you would fix your eyes on him. That you would always be focused on the fact that he did everything that he could for you so that you would have eternal life, and be willing to run the race as he did, throwing off everything that hindered, throwing off all the sin, running next to people, calling people forward, pushing people, allowing others in your life to push you forward so that we may see our lives change in those around us, so that the glory of God may be revealed through our life. The, this, this chapter opens and says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, you know, this is referring to the, the guys in chapter 11 and, and the things we've seen them do. But I promise, if, if we run this race together and you see people next to you, that becomes our cloud of witnesses. Seeing God change their life, seeing God change my life, seeing God change the lives of those around us. Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin so that, that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, brothers, who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary or lose heart. Lord, I just thank you and praise you
that you gave everything for us, that we might have eternal life. Lord, that you forgive our sins, that you walk in grace and mercy towards us. Lord, I pray that we would do the same, that we would run with perseverance. We would train our bodies to run this race, that we would run it together, that we would come alongside people, we would encourage people, we would bring people into the race with us. Lord, that we would, for the joy set before us, run this race. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.